We're gabbing. We're gabbing. We're gabbing. We're gabbing. We're gabbing. We're gabbing. Welcome to Gabbing. Gabbing. With Gracie. And Heather. I have wine spilled all over me and it is good. It is Pacific Rim 2015 Sweet Riesling. And I'm with the good old Prisma. Yeah. I can't help it. Rosé. Yes. We are uh, continuing Pride and Prejudice. We left off at chapter 28, so we're going to be discussing chapter 29. And I'm trying to remember what happened in chapter 28. Oh, phooey. Oh, that's when they arrived at Huntsford. Yeah, so chapter 28 in my book, chapter 5 in yours. They've arrived at Huntsford yes. and with they're invited to dine at Rosings the next day because... The younger Deborah visited them, and they were invited the next day to Rosing. So they hadn't met Lady Catherine yet. So they were excited that they were going to meet her sooner yes, than yes. expected. So now we are in Chapter Twenty Nine, and I think this is where your your notes were. Yes, 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 in. definitely. Mister Collins is surprised that they got an invitation. I guess mm-hmm. to go to Rosing so soon. Yeah, because he thought that they wouldn't be able to meet Lady Catherine until church. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what day of the week they arrived, but it was pretty early on. Yeah. And Mariah is scared, of course. Collins is excited. I mean, can you blame poor Mariah? I know. Like, Mr. Collins gets her all works up about everything. <laughs> and I think we figured, did we figure out she's like 18-ish? Yeah, so they arrive at Rosings. And then I made a note of that there's Lady Catherine, there's Mr. Burr, and then there's Mrs. Jackson, who is uh, Mr. Burr's, uh, like, I guess, companion. Mrs. Jackson or Miss Jenkinson? No, you're right. Mrs. Jenkinson. Okay. Like, I don't know why I can't read my own handwriting. Because we're so, like, excited about what we're reading that we can't write anything the right That's way. facts. That's facts. Oh, Yeah. And then I wrote, I don't know if you have anything to add, but I wrote that like halfway through this chapter is when Lady Catherine mentions entailment, because as we all know, the Bennets are going to lose their house to Mr. Collins when Mr. Bennett dies. So Lady Catherine goes... Because she's like, I feel like this is not something you should talk about in company, but she doesn't even care. She thinks she's above it. She does. Yeah. I mean, this is like, she doesn't know them. And it even mentions this. It says, Elizabeth felt all the impertinence of her questions, but answered them very composedly. Mm -hmm. Lady Catherine then observed, your father's estate is entailed on Mr. Collins, I think. For your sake, turning to Charlotte, I'm glad of it. But otherwise, I see no occasion for entailing estates from the female line. It was not thought necessarily in Sir Louis de Burr's family. Do you play and sing, Miss Bennett? (laughs) She just keeps things moving yeah. along. So, which means that in her family, in her father's, presumably, well, estates can be entailed by. I think female. that's actually her husband who passed away. Oh, yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Mr. Burr is the heiress. So I did a little, I did a little deep dive because I didn't want to get too much into it. But oh, man. In, in English common law, the general rule was that the 
inheritance would go to the eldest son. If there was not an eldest, like if there was not a son, then it would be split equally among the daughters. So if there was okay. no entailment, then Mr. Bennett dies, the seat would be separated equally amongst all the daughters. But the caveat being that if they were married, it would go to their husbands, or if they got married, it would automatically go to their husbands upon the time that they marry. Okay. So a single woman could hold property, but like it would automatically go to her husband if she got married. Okay. Interesting. Um, because yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's always like a loophole, right? Yeah. That's yeah. like how it was. That's how it would have worked if there wasn't an entailment. And I actually have seen different people say different things about the diverse because they make reference to that line that I just read about right. him not saying an occasion for having an entailment from the female line. Some people have said that they read that as there was no entailment at all. And so yeah. it would just go to her in general. Other people have said, no, the entailment just allowed for it to go to females as well and not just the oldest male. But what's interesting is that the fact that she said is it's entailed on Mr. Collins. It's already a subject mm-hmm. about male entailment. So it leads me to believe that that's not the case with her family or her husband's family. Yeah, so what could have happened is there was no entailment, which probably would have been the less common situation. And we'll get into that in a minute because there are some reasons for entailment. Or they just, they didn't specifically say it had to go to the male. They just said it had to, like, go to the, like, oldest child or something like that. They they didn't, like, specify, or they maybe specified if there wasn't a male, it would go to the a female. female. So but... that, that does seem to be allowed, but it's... There's varying opinions on what was the case based off of that one little line. Jeez Louise. Because I was going to say, wouldn't it go to Darcy? But Darcy isn't a DeBerg. He's a Darcy. But if he were to marry Ms. DeBerg, then it would be entailed to him. But then it says it was not thought necessary in Sir Louis's DeBerg's family. But it says to entail from the female line. I'm I I'm very torn. I've gone back and forth. I see no occasion for entailing estates from the female line. So it what could does just, yours say? Mine says that as well, but oh, it okay. could mean that it's like there was an entailment. It just didn't restrict it to just males, like the Bennetts did. Maybe each family is different. Yeah, well, that's basically, so the, what happens with an entailment, because it's not anything having to do with, like, general English law, this is something that the family set up themselves. Yes. So this was, like, the Bennett family screwed over themselves, basically. Yeah. With an entailment, something called a strict settlement, which is the actual document, is written up, and you do, like, an entailment for like a certain amount of generations. Generally, it was like three to four generations, but there were legal limits where like you couldn't make it more than the generations that were currently alive plus one unborn generation. What would happen is that you would put this 
document together. This is really interesting. I was just about to ask, can't Mr. Bennett go and like change it? But no. Well, he was planning to because what? So like just a general like background, the reason for the entailment was there were two reasons. It was to avoid waste where say like your son would inherit everything and he would just like gamble it away and and like ruin the whole estate. So it prevented that because it really restricted what the found what the person could do with the estate. And then the other thing that it did is it it stopped subdivision of the property from happening. So you couldn't like divide it up. So the the whole idea with the entailment was to keep the estate in whole and to keep it successful so that one generation couldn't ruin it. So what would happen is you would have this entailment, your your father would pass away, it would go to you, you would then be considered a tenant for life, which means that you would have full run of the property, like it was yours, you could live there. You like technically owned everything. You couldn't sell off it. They use the example in Sense and Sensibility, which we haven't gotten to yet, where like he wanted to sell off a bunch of the woods to raise money for his daughters and his wife. But like because it was entailed, he couldn't because that would devalue the estate. So it restricted what you could do. And in Persuasion, the entailment was like why they couldn't sell College Hall. Like they could only lease it out because mm-hmm. like it had to stay intact. Like they couldn't sell off half of it or sell the whole thing. Like it had to stay in the family. Interesting. Um, okay. So that was like the purpose of the entailment was to protect the estate. Yeah. And they used to be like back in the day, there used to be no restrictions on how long they could last. And the government actually stepped in and said, no, you need to like, you can't have these entailments in perpetuity. You have to restrict it to just the current people alive plus one generation so what you could do is like so mr bennett he inherited from his father his plan was that he was going to break the entailment because what you could do is if you had the two generations the the one that currently had it and the one that was going to inherit it once that inheritor was to become of legal age they could then decide together to break the entailment and either just like break it completely or break it and create a new one to renew it under the terms that they want. Mm-hmm. But because he never had a son, he couldn't break the entailment, which was what his plan was the whole time. And that's well, what he was telling Where did you get that on. information from? Oh, I've been researching. But where well, it does it say it in the book? <laughs> it, it does mention it in the book because At the beginning? it talks. I, I didn't make the notes. I think it says it actually throughout. So we might not have gotten. I feel like chapter 22 was referenced. Mm. I should have made note of the different chapters. That's okay. Because it basically, one of the lines in the book is actually a hint on maybe why like he was gonna break it because it talks about like he wasn't worried and why he didn't like plan accordingly because it talks about like how when he was a young man um economy was not a concern and that I think it says something like he just planned on when his son became of age of breaking the entailment but alas he never had a son something like that 
So there's little like clues that people have pieced together, together throughout the whole book. Because hmm. there's also clues on like, they're like, okay, well, why did Mr. Bennett agree to this entailment? Like, why didn't he? But maybe like, he just, it was never approached to him. Yeah. To, like, like why, why didn't he try to break it with his father? And it was, they talked about how like historically, if they weren't broken between father and son, it was because the father, and they used your boy Percy as an example, one historian was talking about. Percy. What's his name? That married Mary Shelley? Oh, yeah, they have Bashi Shelley. But anyway, fathers would use the entailment as a way to rein in and control their sons. So they gave the example of Percy Shelley. He wanted to try to break the entailment and he like didn't want to have anything to do with it. But because of the way that society worked at the time, you were given as a young man, you were given an allowance. And so like, if you needed that allowance to continue, or if you needed an increase in allowance, the terms of the entailment, you were like forced to like continue on with the entailment and like do whatever your father wanted. Interesting. So like if the entailment was running out and it needed to be re-upped for another couple of generations. Like your father would use that money to control you, to get you to do it. Or if that makes a lot of sense with a lot of stuff that I read. Yeah. The father, if they wanted to renegotiate the entailment. So it was like different than what they were under. They would use their financial means to like control their son, to get them to renegotiate it. The example of Mr. Bennett, it was probably a situation where like, his father was like, I want to control you. And Mr. Bennett's like, hey, dad, I need more money. I want to marry this like hot chick that I just met, (laughs) Miss Gardner. Mm -hmm. And uh, Mm -hmm. the father was like, oh, you want more money so you can get married? Let's talk about this entailment. And I want you to agree to have it continue on to the next generation or something. I reminded me of Bridgerton. And I'm like, which Bridgerton is it where it's like, Oh, the one that what's her face is oh, always. It, is it the first one, the Duke and I? Gareth. No, I haven't oh, read that one. Gareth. Gareth. I think he is the one that is. It, it reminds me of him. Like his dad wouldn't give him any quote unquote dad wouldn't give him any money. Mm, you're right. And he I wouldn't accept it. It's, it's something like that. I don't know. This is yeah. really, this is really, really interesting. And and I want to like go back and just like find find information about Mr. Bennett, like all these little hints that you said were dropped throughout the book. Yeah. They've talked about how he lives on 2000 a year. That's the money that is earned through the estate, through the entailment. So he can spend that money, but he can't spend anything else. Like he can't do anything else. Like he can't take part of the property or at least in general, there are like examples where people have said, like, if it's like a really huge estate, like you assume Mr. Darcy has a huge estate. So if it was something like that, they might be like, oh, in the entailment, they can write in if you need to sell off 5% of the property to, to get But they're income. okay to lease certain parts of the property. Yes. Get income that way as well. So, yeah, because a lot of them, it was like leasing of the land for farmers, and then they would earn, that's kind of how they would, like, make that money. Okay. He would be able to live in the house. He would be able to use the 2000 that was earned from the state through farming and other things. 
and he could spend that, he could invest it, he could do whatever he wanted with that, but he wouldn't be able to do anything that would devalue the actual estate. Okay. So that was considered a tenant for life. You got to live there for free and like utilize everything. Now, the last person in the entailment, they're a tenant for real. So one, unless that was like renewed, then they would just outright own everything and they could do whatever they want once they turn of age. So mm-hmm. in theory, if Mr. Collins became the last generation of the entailment, he could just have Longborn and he could sell it off if he wanted. He could do whatever he want with it. Whether he becomes a tenant for life or the tenant for real, he's got no reason to want to try to renegotiate anything with Mr. Bennett. Because in theory, him and Mr. Bennett could renegotiate it or they could break it. But But he's got, he's not a son. He's got no, like Mr. Bennett has no leverage on him. So he's got no reason to do anything other than be like, oh, so sorry. Or maybe Mr. Collins might surprise everybody and just say, whichever of the girls want it can have it. That would be really nice, but he probably won't. He likes to be high in society. I'm just looking to see if I have anything else. So hopefully that made sense because... It, it it really did. It was really interesting, and I'm sure we'll keep talking about it. Yeah. Well, and it's going to come up because... I mean, we already talked about persuasion, but that is why the monstrosity that we will drop later on once the strike is over, that is why the end cannot be accurate (laughs) because it is not possible for Captain Wentworth to buy Kelatol. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Now I have to like watch... I have to watch the no. I don't want to watch again. That's Never all mind. Good. You don't That's have time. No, I. But it's just like it wasn't yeah. okay. But I'm not say anything else. <laughs> somebody brought something up, and I was like, "This is totally true." They were like, "Yeah, entailment is kind of like a villain that Jane Austen uses in her books. Not every single one, but it's a way. That is a villain. Yeah, it's a villain." Society is villain. What inanimate object is a villain in Jane Austen books? Yeah. What theme? But that was like a really long, uh, a long thing to point out. Like I just wanted, since we were talking, no, I, I, I I appreciate it, Lady Catherine, because that was something I never really brought up, and that's what I love about Jane Austen. Like she'll just have like one little line, because that's I. We were talking about it last week because Miss. Mrs. Bennett said something. I'm I'm here lost. I don't know oh. where the heck I am. Okay. Yeah, I wish I knew what chapter it it is. Last week we were talking about like Mrs. Bennett said something really smart, and it's like a it's just one line where she says something about like what kind of father would entail everything away from their daughters. Yeah, which people have picked up on and said that means that Mr. Bennett renegotiate it and agreed to the entailment because that implies that 
he is responsible that it's not necessarily like the previous generations I, I, I found it oh you found it because I knew because it's the end of volume one and I remembered that I said volume one ended the way volume one started oh you're right how you're so anyone smart. how anyone could have the conscience to entail away an estate from one's own daughters I cannot understand yeah I never wow okay okay yeah. Okay, no, but but like Mr. You see, Mr. Bennett, I'm learning a lot about Mr. Bennett this time around. Like he always used to seem like comedic effect, but he himself, and I think I said this last time, he's not helping his family out. No, so I like I like I like this, Heather. I thank you for bringing this up because now this is why reading is just like. Oh, because you get so many different interpretations. You talk to mm -hmm. someone and they see, understand it differently. How anyone could have the conscience to entail away and estate from one's own daughters, yes. I cannot understand. I mean, 300 years later, and this lady is still impressing us. But you've just impressed me by telling me that he... And well, tanned, and I like, can't he, take that, credit. That, I've, I've, like, researched this. But you so... Oh. <laughs> I love Mr. this. Bennett. No, this is this is this is this is big, Heather. This like, is big. Like he had the opportunity to set things right, but he didn't. And okay, it may be I don't know when this would happen. Like is it could he already have been married well, with I daughters? Think the, I think the theory probably not. I think the theory is it's generally when you come of age, so 21, and the theory was probably, oh, he was thinking about getting married. Like, he was a young man, and he was thinking about getting married, and his father was like, you want to get married? Come sit down and sign this paperwork so that you have the means. But at the end of the day, he couldn't have negotiated, oh, what if I have girls? It's okay. I don't have a problem with that. He probably could have, but he probably, I mean, I think the assumption at the time was you would always have a male. So he really messed up on multiple levels because like he messed up then and then he messed up by not like adjusting his behavior later on when he realized he wasn't going to have a male. Like, cause I think I said that before, like he could have started to put away some of the money and they could have been more frugal. They didn't have to have all five, five daughters out at the same time. They could have been like, we need to get our shit together and tighten the purse yeah, strings. Miss, Mrs. Bennett um should have known better, but they needed like um. I have a feeling that Lydia yeah. was like egging them on. Oh, I'm sure, and out. she's probably relentless. Oh my god, she's so people would probably just like be like, fine, whatever. Everybody's <laughs> out. In. Give it's in. a free for all. I'm gonna be dead. I won't have to worry about it. I'm just thinking now. Like... I mean, is it really his fault? But, like, I feel like he's sexist, you know? Like, he's sexist. It's both of their faults. Because that goes back to persuasion when we were talking about Sir Walter mm -hmm. Elliot and his wife. When his wife was around, she was able to economize and rein him in. And then he kind of went wild after she passed away. So it's the same thing. Like, Mr. Bennett should have been, like, economizing and thinking long-term and so should Mrs. Bennett. Like they both, like they're the, they're the parents. MS. They should have been like, okay, we're we got two thousand a year. Let's live off of fifteen hundred, and then we can take that five hundred every year and invest it. 
I mean, I'm saying this easier said than done. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Jeez Louise. But like, as they got more and more daughters, they probably should have been like thinking, oh, we might girl. not, uh, we might not have a boy. I mean, by the time you get to five. Imagine they had 15, five daughters so they and had... they had a boy. That, that's six kids right there. So that's yeah. also not helping. But by the time Lydia came around, they had like, it's been like 15 years since they had the last child. So like, okay, they think they might have another one, but then like a couple years passed and they're not having any more kids. Maybe mm -hmm. we need to start thinking about this. Right, right. Since they seem to have been yeah. almost back to back to back with the girls. Yeah. And Mariah is 18 years old. Okay. I knew she was like, she's older, but she wasn't as old as Lizzie. Not that Lizzie's old, but I knew right. she wasn't like 14 or 15 like Lydia. Right, right. I'm trying to see what else. And of course, Miss, I mean, not Miss, Lady Catherine de Berg is just astonished that all five girls are out at the same yeah. time. No all governess. Time. Yeah, I was just about to say that she's also like really opinionated about the lack of education. So yeah, I had that and the girls all being out. Do they have to have, because, you know, they're from gentlemen or whatever, have an education? Going back to Darcy and Miss Bingley, if they want to be accomplished women, because mm. they're expected to read and know French, and the governess was supposed to come in and teach them French and, like, literature and all that so they could be refined young women. So I think Elizabeth talks about how, like, if we were inclined to learn, there were plenty of books and stuff, and we would yeah. She said, compared with some families, I believe we were, this is regarding... Lady Catherine de Berg saying that they must have been neglected mm. compared with some families I believe we were but such of but such of us as wished to learn never wanted the means we were always encouraged to read and all the masters that were necessary those who chose to be idle certainly might who could she be talking about I don't know I feel like um Lydia and Mary are good like examples of the opposites because Lydia was couldn't be bothered to learn but then Mary always had her nose in a book exactly Mary probably needed more of a well-rounded education get away from those stupid sermons she would have benefited yeah. definitely definitely they all yeah, would have benefited the, the, it, from the governess yes but I feel like because you know the younger three don't have quite the sense well kitty i feel like it's just i don't want to talk bad of i mean i don't want to talk bad of any any of them but like kitty because she just doesn't have a mind of her own essentially but that doesn't mean that she's not smart enough or anything like that yeah she just she's a follower so like if she would have been in a, a household where there was a governess and like she her sisters were also learning she probably would have been more inclined so, and I think I can back that up with stuff that they say at the end of the book, but we'll find out when I get there. Oh, boy. And hopefully we'll remember, too. Yeah. Um, but that's really all I had for that chapter. Yeah, I didn't actually take any notes. So, okay. and I don't think I even took notes for the next one. Lord have mercy. What did I, I do? I did. So, this is, for me, it's chapter 30. Is it like chapter six for you? Yes. Okay. In this chapter, 
it states that Sir William only stayed a week, so he ends up leaving. Oh, I'm sorry, chapter seven. Oh, chapter seven. Mm -hmm. I need to make a little key like you had. Sir William goes on and leaves Lizzie and Mariah. And oh, I made a note that like Mr. Collins and Lady Catherine have such like a weird relationship because like she's like a, a busybody. So he goes around and if he notices that there's quarrels or like anything going on in the neighborhood he lets her know so she can go take care of it <laughs> i was like there's such the pair he's a police officer and she's the judge gracie's just like shaking her head like no that's exactly it yeah like he goes and he rats everybody out and then she comes in to be like what is going on here i'm going to fix this but on a happier note Mr. Darcy and his cousin, Colonel Fitzwilliam, are coming. So we're, like, approaching Easter, and uh, they're going to come visit their aunts and cousin for the Easter holiday. I feel like they do that every year, right? That's the impression that I get. Like, they visit. I don't know how often, but it seems like it's always around a certain time of year. Yeah, I got that, too. So we learned that Colonel Fitzwilliam is about 30 years old. And well, how did you get that? I Damn. wrote it down somewhere. I think it, <laughs> okay. it must say it in here. It must have. I just completely skip it. I should I gotta, be all up on it. Know. I don't know how old Mr. Darcy is. Oh, well, we'll find out soon enough. But Fitzwilliam, Colonel Fitzwilliam, is the younger son of his uncle, Lord. And to the great surprise of all the party, when Mr. Collins returned, the gentleman accompanied him. I just assumed that Mr. Darcy's uncle... Would be her brother. What was the uncle's name? Lord what? Lord, they don't say the name. She doesn't say the name, I should say. It's Lord Um, Dash. Long Dash. Oh, yeah, you're right. I found it. Of his uncle, Lord. It has to be. Because it could be his, it could be his uncle on his father's side. But. Oh, no. Why would he be visiting Lady Catherine de Beau? No, you're right. Because. They don't have a title on the father's side. The title's on the mother's side. So if he's Lord, it's got to be his mother's brother and Lady Catherine's brother. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's probably, yeah, so he probably is the heir to that side of the family. And then Colonel Fitzwilliam is the younger son. And I, I mean, this is cleared up eventually. And uh, because of our discussions and stuff and how like being in the regiment is quote-unquote low society I was like how is he a colonel but he's part of high society but that's actually explained just a little bit by Colonel Fitzwilliam in chapter 34. Oh is it okay we'll get there (laughs) yes we will get there I'm assuming it's because he's the younger son oh yeah (laughs) you said it there you go Oh, I know what part you're talking about. Yeah. I wasn't paying attention to what he was saying. I was paying attention to what other people were saying. <laughs> Don't mind us, folks. We're a little oh, excited. We're and very we, excited. We like, need to focus if we want to get to it. <laughs> I know. I know. We've been doing so good. They arrive. And I just wrote down. Oh, so like they both stop by the parsonage, which is like mm-hmm. surprising to Mr. Mm-hmm. Collins and Charlotte. Mm-hmm. so they're like oh that's interesting <laughs> no uh, so. no charlotte said i may thank you eliza for this piece of civility mr darcy would never have come so soon to wait upon me yeah mm-hmm. see charlotte knows charlotte is in the freaking now i made i made a note 
about Charlotte, but we'll get to that when we get to that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but like they they go to visit them and Colonel Fitzwilliam is very like personable and he's like a social guy and readiness stuff. and ease of a well bred man and talk yeah. very pleasantly, but his cousin he don't know when to talk. After having addressed a slight observation on the house and garden to Mrs. Collins, sat for some time without speaking to anybody. Oh, Mr. Darcy. <laughs> oh my gosh. And I just came across something too. Like the further we get into these interactions that they have, like the more I'm like, hold up a second. Like I'm seeing Darcy in a completely different light. Yeah. But I'll keep my mouth shut until that note comes up. Do you have anything else for this chapter? Um, I like that she, you know, throws in Jane. She hints at her, not hints, but clearly it's uh, like, yeah. oh, have you seen Jane? She's in town. She's been there for three months. And he's just like, oh, he didn't give anything away, obviously. But she, she, oh, she said she thought he looked a little confused as he answered that he had never been so fortunate as to meet Miss Bennett. Well, well, oh, well. Darcy. Oh, Poorly Darcy, done. indeed. Oh, poorly done. I love that. I love that sentence. Okay. Next chapter, chapter eight, which is chapter 31. If you are ready to move along to chapter 31. Oh, wait. Oh, that's why I'm so confused. I'm looking at chapter 31 thinking I'm looking at chapter 30. Join my club. Don't mind me. Because I was like, wait, (laughs) why did I not make any notes about the piano? (laughs) That piano is very important. Y'all, I've been drinking for hours now, so I apologize. (laughs) I still don't know why, but maybe we'll get to that at the end of the recording. We'll see. We got to focus. But chapter 31. I'm just like, I, I, I'm just shaking. I'm just dancing because this, 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 things get so juicy at Rosings. Yeah, I'm just trying to read my handwriting. I think I was drunk when I wrote these. Oh, so I guess, okay, this makes sense. So like Darcy and Fitzwilliam, Colonel Fitzwilliam are there and then like they don't get an invite to Rosings for like a week and like Colonel Fitzwilliam keeps stopping by the parsonage, but Mm -hmm, Mr. mm -hmm. Darcy isn't. And so they're like, what's going on? And then enter Easter, they see them at church and they get invited to Rosings. They sure do. Where the shenanigans start. Oh, yeah. And Colonel Fitzwilliam is talking up Lizzie. That's what I wrote down. He's talking up Lizzie <laughs> to the point that Darcy and Lady Catherine, Lady Catherine are like, what's going on? <laughs> what are y'all talking about over there? Yeah, we need to know. Is it? Oh, what are you telling Miss Bennett? Let me hear what it is. What are you talking about? And of? Darcy is like, thank God my aunt's obnoxious. <laughs> but yeah, but the. If you go down just a few paragraphs, he's like, Mr. Darcy looked a little ashamed of his aunt's ill breeding and made no answer. So, yeah, because she was rude because Lady Catherine goes, you know what she is? About she is a, she is a privileged Darcy. woman who yeah. thinks she can say what she wants whenever she wants. And who knows? She might be of a certain age. Darcy, you can say it. She's a privileged white woman. Okay. That goes you into it. You said it. it. But, <laughs> but I also want to bring out that she's probably an, uh, a woman of a certain age. You know, as we get yeah. older, we just don't care and we just say what we want. Zero <laughs> could be a factor. Exactly. I found what I was looking for. <laughs> she says, I have told Miss Bennett several times that she will never play really well unless she practices more. And though Mrs. Collins has no instrument, she's very welcome, as I have often told her, to come to Rosings every day and play 
on the pianoforte in Mrs. Jenkinson's room, she would be in nobody's way, you know, in that part of the house. So that's why he looks a little ashamed. It's just so like, one, you're telling her, telling her what to do. Two, you're talking about how nobody is in that. I've, I, this is the way yeah. I took it. Mrs. Jenkins, like no, no one goes to Mrs. Jenkins part of the house because she's just. She's low. Yes woman like she, she, it's it's like it's nice of her to say hey you can come over whenever you want but, but you uh, just yeah. say it in a different way tone people tone I will always say this tone is important it is and like she just I mean she goes I've told her several times yes. not just like oh yeah I've invited her it's like no I've told her multiple times she needs to do this I have a feeling I've said that to people. I I done told you, but you know, there's a. But you did. You probably didn't say it in the manner of like yes. Catherine. Catherine the bug. What else do we have? Well, I mean, this is where she does indeed start to play the piano because she had promised Colonel Fitzwilliam. He reminded her. Oh yeah. Then Darcy comes over, with an arch smile. You mean to frighten me, Mister Darcy, by yeah. coming in all this state to hear me? Mm-hmm. They have such like a repertoire together. Oh my god. I like I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And he like like she gives it to him, he gives it to her. Yeah. But he but I still feel like he doesn't exactly know where it's coming from. So he seems to just, just go along with it, or is it just me? He's very reactionary to it. Like he yes. but he loves it though. That's she, why he is. She brings it out of him. <laughs> You oh, find Mr. great Darcy. enjoyment in occasionally professing opinions, which in fact are not your own. That's Darcy to Elizabeth. And then she laughed heartily at this picture of herself. <laughs> just, just, they're just, man, y'all, if y'all could just read this back and forth. I know. We could just sit here and read this. I love farther <laughs> down. He goes, I am not afraid of you. Yes, you are, dude. <laughs> You're really afraid. <laughs> and then Colonel Fitzwilliam is like, hey, let me hear what you have accused him of i should like to know how he be- behaves among strangers like Ooh. so he's like the typical cousin he's gotta like oh yeah yeah exactly and this is really nice because we kind of don't see that with bingley yeah that's true i mean there probably is some little like there there was a little bit there but since it was about Bingley and his personality was a little bit too personal, but well, actually, this is a little bit too personal too. But you can well, tell our cousin. This yes, is cousin yes, stuff. Yes, like this, this is me and like me yeah. like G, like just like yeah, being like you, silly or whatever. You can get away with saying stuff when you're a yes. cousin. Yes, yes, yes. You might get punched in the face, <laughs> but you I can still w- get away with it. I have I have to say, <laughs> oh, like. I wish, I wish that she had written or maybe somewhere we'll discover like another side of Pride and Prejudice because I want to know if Colonel Fitzwilliam and Darcy like talk about Oh my gosh, Elizabeth. I would love it if there was like out there somewhere like um, have you read <laughs> Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead? No. That is <laughs> Don't look at me like I'm <laughs> So it's the story of Hamlet, but it's told from the perspective of Rose, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern, who are two minor characters. Mm-hmm. 
can you imagine if there was like Pride and Prejudice from the perspective of like I would I would Colonel I would, Fitzwilliam and like all the secondary characters or yeah, whatever somebody you want to call else. Them? Like Colonel Fitzwilliam and Hill. <laughs> like or Hill? like Mrs. Gardner. Somebody Didn't you like, say that there's a book out there that Mrs. Hill and Mr. Bennett got it on? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or and fan you will, fiction. You will never read it. No, it's a really famous book. It's called Longborn. Oh. But it's good. But I don't know that it doesn't sound like you would like that. But yeah, it is out there. I don't know. I'm 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 a lot of people are. I guess read I'm it. a truist. I guess I'm a truist in certain things. There's things I just won't touch. You had a visceral reaction when I told you about it. <laughs> <laughs> like you're dealing with it much better now. Just, you were like, no, 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 no. <laughs> because it's just not possible. But like after <laughs> all of this, it's I have to be realistic. That's what I need to be. Child. Yes, I love the back and forth between them. She calls him out, tells Colonel Fitzwilliam about the first time she met him, which was at a ball. And right. he only danced four dances, even though gentlemen were scarce. And this is where I have my little post a note about Darcy and I wonder what it was that triggered that I think that he said I am ill qualified to recommend myself to strangers and I just thought is Darcy autistic does he have social anxiety I'm sure he's got a bunch of things but he totally could be that's what it's like you know considering my son is you know on the the spectrum I just was that's something that just stood out now after yeah. so many it it could be because they wouldn't have known back then they wouldn't. and like it could be a combination of that and also like what we were talking about I think a couple weeks ago where mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. he comes from so much money he doesn't know who he can trust trust and mm-hmm. like what he can tell people mm-hmm. but yeah I wouldn't be surprised if you're correct but it's like even then I mean not that this means anything but like and it doesn't help that Lizzie's family is just completely ah, you know so he, he is going to protective of be protective of himself mm-hmm. but he knows her he's slowly trying to interact with her that was my little note on Darcy and then this one made yeah. me even be like oh Darcy poor Darcy my next note is is Oh, because I think because of this, I said, is then Lizzie being too harsh? But she doesn't know this, so. Yeah, we have to remember, we have to keep reminding ourselves that we, like, know a lot more information about what's going on than she does. Things have changed quite, quite, quite a bit. Um, And my next last comment is Lady Lady C's would have, could have, because she's always saying something that would be like, Miss Bennett would not play at all amiss if she practiced more and could have the adva- could have the advantage of a London master. And it's like, you know, she, she's always saying like, and yeah. it, it makes me think, you know, let's talk about Lady Catherine de Burr for a second here. Taking off the glasses. Is she a Karen? I, I you know what? I'm not, I'm actually going down the sympathetic route. Okay. Here. All right. Tell me. Okay. Win me we over. Have, we have, I don't know if I'm going to win you over, but <laughs> um, <laughs> she has a child who is ill, right? Yeah. We don't know what she has. I don't, I have no idea. I haven't looked it up. I don't know if you have. 
I never thought to look it up. She, because she's an annoying character and we don't want to have any feelings for her. Now, Mr. Burr is just kind of there. She is. She's just taking up air. She's talk. She's referred to occasionally. She, she obviously has a condition. Mm, Exactly. She obviously has a condition, right? And maybe Lady Miss Catherine de Burr has held all of these wishful thinkings because her daughter hasn't been able to do everything that she needed to needed her to do or wanted her to do, I should say. And maybe that's why she's being a little bit bossy. Like, girls should be able to, like, ooh, okay. So we should all be appreciative of what we have because someone else out there has less or is not able to. I feel like right now there's a lesson learned here. Like maybe Elizabeth, maybe Mrs. Bennett and Mr. Bennett should have not neglected, quote unquote, their daughters and gotten a governess so that they could have the education, so that they could have, they could do the things that Mr. Mr. Berg is not able to do. And maybe that's that's where that's coming from. Like, oh, like my daughter isn't able to do this, but you're capable of doing this. So why aren't you trying to do better type of thing? Exactly. Okay, I feel you. Exactly. That doesn't excuse her bossiness yeah. and other things, but... It could come out a different way. It could come out in a genuinely could. nice it way. It could, like, but... Oh, like... If, you can't show sentiment, yeah. Heather. I know. I just These poured breads. myself way too much. I just poured myself way Me too much. Me too. <sighs> Cheers to us in a day. Cheers. Cheers. Yeah. So you, yeah. So you've won me over somewhat, just gonna, a little bit, not too much. You know, I'm gonna look at Lady Catherine and try to be like a little bit more empathetic as I read her parts. Let's not get too excited now. I would say, <laughs> I, I, I would say that's right because I just remembered what's gonna happen later. <laughs> exactly. Also, j- just in terms of Mr. Berg, and that's about it. Everything else yeah. is. We'll have sympathy for Mr. Berg because can you yes. imagine being the daughter of Lady Catherine? Yeah. If, I, I do wonder that childhood. Yeah. Well, and when did her father pass? I have no idea. That's a very good question. I Because this no is idea. this also a reaction to being a widow. Like, was she different when her husband was still alive? Or was she fundamentally like, like this? That's we'll never know. Good, that's a very good question. All right. I, well, I'm ready to go on to the next chapter, yeah. chapter nine, which is Lord have mercy, chapter, chapter thirty-two. Yep, thirty-two. So it's the next morning, and uh, Lizzie's writing to Jane when Mister Darcy just like shows up. He doesn't realize that everybody's out of the house, so it's just Elizabeth. And I mean, really, uh, how is he going yeah. to know? Hello. Yeah, I mean, they don't have bones or anything. Exactly. So they just sit. What I do, what I do find interesting is that he is willing to stay, knowing that she's by herself, and that they let him inside the house, knowing that she's by herself. Oh, like without a chaperone. This whole the whole chaperone thing is like, like really, like it, it, it's like willy nilly right now. We gotta educate ourselves because this throws us every time. Yes. Like we need to find out. Like yes. Because yeah, like you like you would think that a servant at least would need to sit in there with them or something. Maybe they maybe maybe they are. We just don't know. And they're just not mentioning it. Maybe that's a good point. Maybe it's just assumed because we have to remember this is being written in the current times. So like they would have a better sense of 
what propriety would have been at the yeah. time. Maybe the assumption is that there's a servant in the room and they're not actually alone. Yeah. Why didn't That's... we think about that? Why haven't I th- thought about that? No, I'm just thinking about everything now. <laughs> I have to say, this has been the best. Like, I've never had a Pride and Prejudice discussion. I'm loving it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we're, like, taking our time with it. I know. Which is why I think this is, like, part six. That's okay. We're more than halfway through. That's okay. That's yeah. okay. That's okay. That's fine. That's fine. If, you, if If people want to hear us, they'll hear us. Okay. They want to hear us. We got amazing they things to say. Got, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're educating y'all about the Regency era. And more importantly, after they have their awkward sit together, Charlotte and Mariah come back. And Charlotte is like, dude's in love with you. <laughs> she did. Like, she did. <laughs> I don't think it's likely. He doesn't talk to me. And Charlotte's like, no, he's in love with you. <laughs> well, I feel like Charlotte for a second there was like, well, I'm com- yeah, I'm a little bit confused as well, too, about it. Yes. Yes. And she starts watching him. Yes. And she's and the, like, this is, this is where I have looking like. looking at her. He keeps looking at her. He, it, okay. I, okay. So before we move on to, to Charlotte, I just wanted to say that Elle, Lizzie, seems quite comfortable, as always, in my opinion, in talking too freely about Charlotte in Charlotte's home. Because she's talking to Darcy about like the you know, he asked her, like, oh, oh yeah. being, it must be very agreeable to her, Charlotte, to be settled within so easy a distance of her own family and friends. An easy distance, do you call it? It is nearly 50 miles. And so they keep continuing this conversation about it. And I just feel like he, well, he, he brought it up, obviously, but, like, she shouldn't have, I don't know. She I just, I just felt like, shut. no, she, she doesn't. She really, really doesn't. Doesn't she say something about, like, oh, I guess the marriage worked out more than I thought it would or something like that? Like she yeah, says some things that like I mean it's okay because spoiler, he is in love with you, Lizzie. Yeah, so he's not exactly. gonna like badmouth you. But you probably shouldn't be saying that. Yeah. It's and it's just like just too freaking much. I'm like all over the place here because I have notes like in the in, in just these like three pages, I have four post-its. Cause there is a lot in this chapter. There is. There and is the next chapter. Oh, oh, wow. And I didn't even finish. I put in parentheses, disrespectful. And to, of all people's, Darcy. Yeah. That she's talking freely to. You know what I'm saying? Like, she feels comfortable enough to talk to Darcy about that, right? Yeah. Like, your own girlfriend. Okay. Bestie. Yes. But I also noted that he was feeling out Lizzie's thoughts about distance from her family. Yeah. I like that, you know, Lizzie, like, breaks down for him because... Well, is it him or is it her? It's her. I do not mean to say that a woman may not be settled too near her family. The far and the near must be relative and depend on many varying circumstances. What there is is fortune to make the expense of traveling unimportant. Distance becomes no evil, but that is not the case here. Mr. and Mrs. Collins have a comfortable income, but not such a one as will allow a frequent journeys so i like that she made that distinction because yeah. maybe he just doesn't understand like he has that privilege he can exactly. just get up and go wherever he wants and i think colonel fitzwilliam mentions that at one point too like oh really he has the distinction of like being able to be like oh let's i'm gonna go here now and oh i'm gonna extend my stay here and where other people don't have that privilege exactly and i wrote that darcy realized he 
oh, realized that he was warming up to her and then became cold because he like shut down. He, like, he's fighting it. Not very good though. This is the, the, the thing. Mr. Darcy drew... I, I love being dramatic. I'm taking off the glasses. Let's see if I can read. <laughs> Mr. Darcy drew his chair a little towards her and said, you cannot have a right to such very strong local attachment. You cannot have been always at Longhorn. I tell you, this man, he is just feeling her out. Yes. And she's not getting it. No, she's not. I don't blame her. I wouldn't have gotten it either. Yeah. I don't get it now. I the, the whole language thing still throws me off. I'm like you cannot have been always at long. Yeah. Well, hello. That's where I live. Speak. I think he's probably like. I wonder if he's like me. Like I have a lot of conversations with people in my head. I don't actually have them with them. <laughs> Maybe he does. But it's he's having like, all these conversations with his Lizzie. It's just like you know kind of like fast forward like he's already talking as though they are together and this is what's going to happen mm -hmm. in a way he's channeling mr collins and like you wouldn't ever dare deny me your hand in marriage rude awakening buddy rude oh, awakening yeah we're not even there yet y'all we're not even there yet we're getting excited oh my goodness and then i wrote charlotte Keen-eyed Charlotte, so observant, or is it nosy? Probably both. <laughs> yeah, but you're right. She was she was surprised. What can well, be the meaning of this? Said Charlotte. I love it. I I love it. And it's funny because I also wrote like I wrote down Charlotte notices mm -hmm. that he looks at Lizzie a lot, but he doesn't speak to her. But then I also wrote down Charlotte thought Lizzie might marry Colonel Fitzwilliam. So it's like Charlotte's like, yes. I don't know what's going on because Lizzie and Colonel Fitzwilliam are chatting each other up all this like like crazy, but then like But she knows that's not Darcy's like, of marriage. Yeah. Elizabeth. That's true. But mm -hmm. like Darcy is like eyeing her up, but he won't talk to her. It's like it's all everybody reverts back to junior high yeah i mean it, it, it's i guess a sport right like matchmaking so it kind of reminds me of marvelous mrs mazel yeah in her kind schemes for elizabeth she sometimes planned her marrying colonel fitzwilliam who was beyond comparison the pleasantest man he certainly admired her and his situation in life was most eligible but to counterbalance these advantages mr darcy had considerable patronage in the church and his cousin could have none at all. Yeah. Although I think that, like, while Mr. Darcy is obviously, like, a better fit, I think she probably would have had a happy marriage with Colonel Fitzwilliam because he seems I like think a good so guy. Too. I think so, too. And it, it's, it's noted, I don't know if it's in this chapter, but I'm going to talk about it anyhow, that, you know, he he can't actually, he cannot marry Lizzie because she doesn't have any money. He's a younger son. Yeah. He actually needs to marry someone with more money and they talk that, about that in the next chapter i think right i think so too yeah. yeah i'm just trying to see if there's anything else to talk about here it's the um, pressures of the the first and second yes. sons like we see that in bridgerton too because anthony has like all these sets of pressures himself but then mm -hmm. like the younger ones too like they're like well what is our freaking purpose in this world other than to marry women with money i do find it interesting that in a society that seems so freaking sexist that even younger sons can't get an advantage, you know? And like you were about to say, you were talking about Anthony and Bridgerton. Oh, yeah. Just like 
in, in the Bridgerton books and in the show and stuff, they, they really focus on like all the stress that Anthony is on as this mm-hmm, first son. Mm-hmm. But then like, they also do talk about like how lost, like especially Benedict and Colin are, like they feel like they don't have a purpose mm-hmm. and they're like, okay, Anthony, you might have all this pressure, but you have like a purpose in life. Like the, you have duties and you have responsibilities. Right. And it's like, what the hell are we supposed to do? second sons and third sons and stuff they and they're the spare fourth sons yeah like they're the spare like how do you like how do you deal with growing up knowing that you're just around to be a spare for the air i don't know this sucks it's not fair but talk about first world problems <laughs> yeah ex- exactly <laughs> exactly you said it sister you poor little rich boy problems let me see. I've made a note here, and then maybe we could. Well, I made a few notes. What am I talking about? Is this Colonel? I can't. I can't even read with my glasses on. Is this Colonel more acceptable than Wickham? But Wickham isn't a Colonel, right? No, he's just okay. in the regiment. Society-wise, Colonel Fitzwilliam's going to have a leg up because he's in like a wealthier family, a much wealthier and established family than Wickham. This is what I want to know. If you are high in society and you're second born or third or whatever the case may be, does that make you automatically a colonel then? Probably. With no freaking experience? Okay. Probably. Because if you look at the military now, like people that go to college and go to like ROTC and stuff, that's an officer's corps they're going into. Oh, really? I have no idea. Like you can like bypass I thought, you know, you got to work your way into it like anything else. Nah. Interesting. Nah. Interesting. That ain't how life goes. Okay. So then I said, well, how can us, he that's be? that's how it goes. I know. I know. It just doesn't make any <laughs> sense. Page 139. Poor Darcy. Charlotte, Ms. Matchmaker. Is this? Oh, yeah. This must be what I had read in her kind schemes for oh, Elizabeth. Why did I put Mr. Darcy? Colonel Fitzwilliam. Because you, like... Because she's not thinking about that Lizzie should marry Darcy, maybe. No, I think I said it because, but why Mr. Darcy came so often to the parsonage, it was more difficult to understand. It could not be for society as he frequently sat there 10 minutes together without opening his lips. And when he did speak, it seemed the effect of necessity rather than of choice. A sacrifice to propriety not a pleasure to himself and the, I, I i suppose i put poor darcy because i'm still thinking in the mindset that he might have a social anxiety he he yeah. might be autistic and it's like he's trying as hard as he can and he just can't that, that has to be very difficult you know i've like i would say i'm not a very social person but what i need to be like i know how to you're really good at it yeah where like I'm not so good at it. I can be in no, the right I, circumstances. I think you are good at it. I think you're just poo-pooing yourself for no reason but whatsoever. I, well, I definitely can be the person that will go to the party and sit in the corner and just people watch. And I feel like Darcy's like that. Like if he doesn't like have that. to interact with people and like I don't necessarily want to interact with people. Like I always let people come up to me and talk to me at parties because I'm like, I don't know what the hell to say to you. See, I'm comfortable with you because we've known each other for so long. For a long time, yes. And we became friends in a work environment where, like, I we had to interact with each how other. To interact with you. 
if I would have met you at just like a social interaction, I think I would have been just as awkward as Darcy. <laughs> I just find it really, really interesting. I don't know. No. But yeah. yeah. There's so many kinds of people out there. Mm-hmm. Lizzie misses the opportunity to see that Darcy has, perchance, because that's my word, the same interest as her. More than once did Elizabeth and her ramble within the park unexpectedly meet Mr. Darcy. Mm-hmm. She felt all the perversiveness of the mischance that she that should bring him where no one else was brought. So I think, I mean, obviously the first time it was by accident. Mm-hmm. And afterwards, he's like, oh, duh, she likes to walk. I'm going to be here as much as possible. But she misses she doesn't and she misses this she because she's it. not interested yeah she's not interested yeah. in him but it's like he's going for a walk because he too likes to go for a walk you too lizzie you guys have something in common boom yeah that's true i wrote down that she was being dense because yes she told him like after the like the first or second time like oh this is where i like to walk Mm-hmm. hoping that then he would avoid walking there but then he keeps showing up and she takes it as oh he must not be listening to me when I'm talking no <laughs> like girl no. girl no. no or like he's like doing it intentionally to piss her off oh I didn't even t- take that I that's just, the way like, I took it I thought like I don't even know where it is. Let me see if I can find it? it. It's like like just at the start of the chapter. It was a favorite haunt of hers. Yeah, she took care to inform him at first that it was a favorite haunt of hers. How could it occur a second time? Therefore, it was very odd. Yeah, it did. And even a third. It seemed like willful ill nature or voluntary penance. <laughs> Because she just assumes he doesn't Uh, like her. He doesn't like her. So why is he doing this to himself? For on these occasions, it was not merely a few formal inquiries and an awkward pause and then away, but he actually thought it necessary to turn back and walk with her. He never said a great deal, nor did she give herself the trouble of talking or of listening much. Shame on you, Lizzie. But it struck her in the course of the third rencontre or however it's pronounced, that he was asking some odd, unconnected questions. That's adorable. I think it is. And then I was like, girl, you need to get it together. He's he's trying. He's trying. He's trying. But she just, she doesn't like him. So she's not. Oh, and this is where, like, during one of their walks. Yes. Keep reading. Keep reading. I have to find it, but she seems, or like he seems to imply that she was. It's the first paragraph. It's the first paragraph of the chapter. Okay, her love about her pleasure at being at Huntsford, her love of solitary walks, and her not perfectly understanding the house. He seemed to expect that whenever she came to Kent again, she would be staying there too. His words seemed to imply it. Mm-hmm. Could could he have Colonel Fitzwilliam in his thoughts? She supposed if he meant anything, he must mean an allusion to what might arise in that quarter. Like, she is, like, full-on, like, not getting it. <laughs> She's not getting it. She's not getting it. But it doesn't help that Colonel Fitzwilliam has shown a great deal of interest yeah. in her. You know, he's been very attentive. And is he being attentive because he knows that Darcy? That's what I want to know. Yeah. We need to have a conversation with this man. Colonel Fitzwilliam, where are you? (sighs) 
we need to to go in the land of imaginary characters. Because, yeah, you can say that again. I I would love it. The fact that he was showing up a lot at Hunsford without Darcy just leads me to believe. Well, it could be at the start. Oh Lord have mercy. Maybe at first it was he was interested in her, right? And then maybe with conversations with Darcy, it's like. He gets Oh, it. you're interested in her? Or maybe he himself, the way he, because he should know Darcy better than anyone else there. Yeah, he's his cousin. Exactly. They're traveling together for a reason because they, they, they Yeah. hang like that. And they do share information because we're going to get to that in a minute. He, like, he knows some information that Darcy shared with him. Yes. And he didn't need to. Well, so basically... She is, she's, she's walking and reading a letter from Jane. She runs into Colonel Fitzwilliam again. They start to like walk to the parsonage. And uh, this is what I thought was interesting. He mentions that they will leave on Saturday unless Darcy prolongs their stay again. Again. So like they were meant to have left already and Darcy prolongs it. And then they they get into like a whole conversation. I think that's when they talk about being the second son, which I didn't really like Yes. make notes on. Yes. But we find out that he shares guardianship over Miss Darcy. Yes. And Which I find very interesting, yeah. you know, because Oh, that considering, is joint. yeah, that is joint and he's a second son now that I think about it. Yeah. So yeah, like was that just in case something happened to Mr. Darcy? I don't know. That's something to that's something to to find out about. How often are there two guardians? Because I mean, I don't remember ever necessarily noticing that in other books. I've never noticed it. This is not to say that I'm an expert at Regency era or anything Mm like -hmm. that. But in any of the books, like you said, that I've read, Jane Austen and others, or 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 movies, television shows that I've seen, have I've noticed two guardians for At least one two person. males, like maybe Two a couple. male. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This, but these are legal guardians. These are not like religious Yeah, guardians. yeah, but I made a note that Colonel Fitzwilliam gets squirrely because she jokes about young ladies being unmanageable, Mm-hmm, and he gets like real squirrely, and then she has to say, you need not be frightened, I never heard any harm of her, and I dare say she is one of the most tractable creatures in the world. She is a very bright favorite of some ladies of my acquaintance, Mrs. Hurst and Miss
stuff I never really I never to. even like thought about it that way it's like, I'm sorry I'm sorry it just makes me think no it's okay but it just makes me think like how far did it go and I know this was brought up before but it's just like how far did it go then I think it went pretty far you think so he's a creeper I know I know I just like the Bingley's come up and Colonel Fitzwilliam, not knowing that it was about Jane, starts to talk about, like, what a great friend Darcy is to his buddy Charles and how he saved him from this really inopportune match. But I have, now that you say this, he knows Elizabeth's situation. Isn't that a little bit insensitive to bring up? In that, like, he should I mean, have I mean he didn't specify, he didn't family? specify, no, no that they're lower in society and that oh. would be i mean because he just said imprudent marriage and that's it in the inconveniences of a most imprudent marriage we don't know all of the details well he himself but without mentioning names or any particular d or any other particulars so he doesn't know a lot about the situation himself but he probably doesn't know i mean he I knows know. that I'm, I'm, elizabeth I might be far, is the daughter of a gentleman right i might be reaching yeah I mean, I feel like maybe, like, she's saying she knows the Bingleys. He's talking about, like, how Charles got saved by Darcy. Like, he should have deduced that, like, Elizabeth might at least know the family that he's referring to. You, you're, you're, now that you say it, yes. Like, he may have gotten two and two together and figured out that it's four, but no. And, like, you would think Darcy would be like... Hey, you know that story I told you about what a great friend I am? Don't tell Elizabeth. <laughs> Don't bring it up to this one over here, yeah. okay? Because she'll uh, have a heart attack and come and shoot me. And it's not hunting season says, anymore. Um, where does he say? He says, it is a circumstance with Darcy, of course, could not wish to be generally known because if it were to get around to the lady's family, it would be an unpleasant thing. Mm-hmm. Buddy, buddy, buddy. What was that conversation like when Darcy brings it up to him that he knows that he told Elizabeth that story? Now that you read that out loud, it's, it's so interesting to just hear things in other people's voices. But like, why would he say that about the family? Do you know what yeah. I'm saying? How do you suppose they're going to react? And why wouldn't they react that way? And why is it He's... not okay for them to react that way? It's almost like he's trying to be like, oh, my cousin's such a great guy. Yes. <laughs> like, why, yes. why are you telling that story to express not, that? He's not. He's not. A, I mean, of course, this is because that's the way society was. But it's just, of course, her family is going to be in an uproar about it because they have been talking to each other. And believe it or not, it was a prudent marriage because Jane mm-hmm. was sweet, dear, lovely can do no wrong Jane she just happens to have a crazy family they don't have to live near the family they can live yeah. far away from the family I mean let's get down to it Bingley was new money yeah he ain't all that right yeah like he According might have had more money society. from them but they were like established not to be Sir Walter Elliot like not to be that guy but like if but if we're going like to be that, them like Bingley you ain't all that <laughs> you're not you are absolutely absolutely not so it's like, okay, I'm new money. Your family's crazy. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll cause an uproar big time. Ugh. If anything, it makes them more perfect for each other. I can't. Like, I just can't. Oh, my goodness. They're just a mess. Yeah. 
as he goes, you may depend upon me not mentioning it. Oh, she's not going to mention it, but she's going to be real agitated. <laughs> Which, you know, shall we fast forward? Yeah, I mean, basically, the rest of the chapter is her being super agitated. And so much so she gets a headache. Basically, she spends the rest of the chapter being super agitated and pacing back and forth, being agitated to the point that she gives herself a headache. And when everybody comes home, she runs off to her room to avoid everybody. And then... Enter chapter 34. 34. Or what is it in your book? 34, 11. 11, chapter 11. So volume two, chapter 11. Elizabeth decides she's going to go and examine every single letter that she's gotten from Jane. That would be something I would do. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> to see if she could figure out if Jane is oh, actually well, upset. Oh, actually, actually, we we forgot to know in the last chapter, in chapter 33, that Jane is depressed, essentially. Like, Lizzie, like, figures, like, notices that she's pretending to be happy and she's just not. She just, somehow she figured it out. I can't remember how, but she did. Well, I think that's the, isn't that, like, the first paragraph in chapter 34? Because it says, they contain no actual complaint, nor was there any reveal of past occurrences or any communication of present suffering. But all in all, and in almost every line of each, there was a want of that cheerfulness which had been used to characterize her style and which proceeding from the serenity of mind at ease with itself and kindly disposed towards everyone had been scarcely ever clouded mm-hmm. so she just feel like she can see that while there's nothing specific that she's writing her style of writing has changed because right and this is all happening it's all because colonel fitzwilliam divulged what he divulged if not she wouldn't have picked up on it that's how good jane is disguising her yeah her suffering quote-unquote jane would never want anybody to feel bad and think that she was suffering she wouldn't want to put that on anybody because she's just that good exactly so you have lizzie fixating on this and being very agitated in general about the conversation and she's like by herself in the house reading over the letters and the doorbell rings and so she she assumes it's gonna be colonel fitzwilliam because he just like shows up well no it's darcy showing up and so he goes in and they say in a hurried manner yeah he's like i guess we could say he's agitated too where's my wife oh my god is she okay (laughs) is she doing fine he sits down for a few minutes then he's getting up he's walking around the room they're not talking to each other and then he bursts out. Do you want to say it or do you want me to say it? Neither one of us is going to do us justice. We need Colin Firth. Where's Colin Firth? I know. We need Colin Firth. Oh, my goodness. How about we each take a turn? Go for it, Heather. All right. This will be take one. In vain, I have struggled. It will not do. My feelings will not be repressed. You must allow me to tell you how ardently I admire and love you. <laughs> Go for it. In vain have I struggled. It will not do. My feelings will not be repressed. You must allow me to tell you how ardently I l- admire and love you. I could read that over and over like 10 so times. So good. So good. In hindsight, because the first time I read yeah. it, I was like, what the? F-? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I am so confused. Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Like, I like, probably you screamed. I probably was like, 
it's like like I I am pretty sure 14 year old Gracie was like okay he he likes her he hates her he hates her we know for a fact that Lizzie doesn't care for him but his emotions are like all over the place like yeah. I freaking can't get it and then he says this and I'm like whoa 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. and then Elizabeth's astonishment was beyond expression which that's a good way to put it yes <laughs> she stared colored doubted and was silent oh my gosh this and then he considered significant encouragement. <laughs> like, they're so like bad at communicating. <laughs> I love that like that's a time timeless thing. Like people are just terrible about communicating. Yes. A pause. Silence means yes, go on, keep telling me more. It could also mean like you caught me off guard. Yeah. Not what I was expecting. In a bad way, not a good way. Oh my gosh. Oh my god, he spoke well, but there were feelings besides those of the heart to be detailed, and he was not more eloquent on the subject of tenderness than of pride. His sense of her inferiority, of its being a degradation, of the family obstacles which judgment had always opposed to inclination, were dwelt on with a warmth which seemed due to the consequence he was wounding, but was very unlikely to recommend his suit. Now, we have to remember, he has no idea that his cousin threw him under the bus. But even but even without that knowledge, it's like, wait. It's still terrible. Like, he's like, and Lizzie, Lizzie tells him how it is. I, uh, but I have to say, like, I, I'm. I, I'm pretty sure, like, even even yesterday as I was reading this, I was like, what? Like, if it wasn't for the freaking movies and television shows, like, I would still be lost reading this. Like, the way it's written is just so, for me, convoluted. Yeah. I don't know about you, but for me, it's like, like, my brain can't take it. It really can't. You have to pay attention to, like, every word. Yes. Because, like, like, somebody you, could like, skim over dictionary. that and not get it. Yes. Like, you need a dictionary. Also, like a vowel of all that he felt and had long felt for her immediately followed. He spoke well. Like, it's just, I don't know. Any, anyhow. But there's a lot. So we're <sighs> not going to read everything. But no, there's not. He does say, or, or like it says, he concluded with representing to her the strength of the of that attachment, which in spite of all his endeavors, he has found impossible to conquer. And with expressing his hope that it would now be rewarded by her acceptance of his hand. As he said this, she could easily see that he had no doubt of a favorable answer. This is men thinking very highly of themselves. Yes. She tells him what she thinks and they have an epic battle of words. Considering what happened with Colonel Fitzwilliam, considering Jane's letter and considering what he just said to her, I thought that she was very mild in how this conversation started on her part. It gets derailed later on. Considering that she usually is just so vocal about everything. Yeah. She needed to. She needed to be like this. Because if not, she would have ripped him a new one. Yeah. Immediately. So she says, in such cases as this, it is, I believe, the established mode to express a sense of obligation for the sentiments avowed, however unequally they may be returned. It it is natural that the obligation should be felt, and I should 
And if I could feel gratitude, I would now thank you. But I cannot. I have never desired your good opinion, and you have certainly bestowed it most unwillingly. <laughs> Gracie's like flailing her arms right now. <laughs> I am sorry to have occasioned pain to anyone. It has been most unconsciously done, however, and I and I hope it will be of short duration. The feelings which you tell me have long prevented the acknowledgement of your regard can now have little difficulty in overcoming it after its explanation. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. Mr. Darcy. Well, Mr. Darcy, he's like, what? (laughs) Not expecting that. So he goes, and this is all the reply, which I am to have the honor of expecting. I might perhaps wish to be informed why with such a little endeavor at civility dude she was being pretty civil to you like i mean she was cutting but you were not civil to her he could have punched you in the face you but he doesn't know that but he (laughs) was not civil to her so why should she return the favor so he goes i am thus rejected but it is of small importance And then she says, I might as well inquire, she replied, why with so evident of a design of offending and insulting me, you choose to tell me that you liked me against your will, against your reason, and even against your character. Was not this some excuse for incivility if I was uncivil? But I have other provocations. You know I have. Have not my own feelings decided against you? Had they been indifferent or had they even been favorable? Do you think that that any consideration would tempt me to accept the man who has been the means of ruining, perhaps forever, the happiness of a most beloved sister? That's right, girl. You tell it to him. You tell it to him. You tell it to him. Damn. And then she goes on. I have every reason in the world to think ill of you. No motive can excuse the unjust and ungenerous part you acted there. You dare not. You cannot deny that you have been the principal, if not the only means of dividing them from each other, of exposing one to the censor of the world for caprice and instability, the other to its desertion for disappointed hopes and involving them both in misery of the acutest kind. Yes. Yes. And then she follows up, can you deny that you have done it? And he goes, because now he's going to start to get like, how do you put it, uppity? Yes. 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 I have no wish of denying that I did everything in my power to separate my friend from your sister or that I rejoice in my success. Dude, you need to shut the hell up. You're not helping your cause whatsoever. Towards him, I have been kinder than towards myself. Hmm. But it is not merely this affair, she continued, on which my dislike is founded. Long before it had taken place, my opinion of you was decided. Your character was unfolded in the recital, which I received many months ago from Mr. Wickham. On this subject, what can you have to say? In what imaginary act of friendship can you here defend yourself? Or under what misrepresentations can you here impose upon others? And Darcy is like, done. He's like, you take an eager interest in that gentleman's concerns. <laughs> Lord. And then she says, who knows what his misfortunes have been can help feeling an interest in him. Yes, his misfortunes. Did. Yes, his misfortunes have been great indeed. Oh, my God. So they go on and on, on. Oh, I, I do love it. Because once again, I think it caught on first. 
And this, cried Darcy, as he walked with quick steps across the room, is your opinion of me. This is your estimation in what in which you hold me. I thank you for explaining it so fully. My, my faults, according to this calculation, are heavy indeed, but perhaps he added, stopping in his walk and turning towards her. These offenses might have been overlooked had not your pride been hurt by the honest confession of the scruples that have long prevented my forming any serious design. These bitter accusations might have been suppressed had I, with greater policy, concealed my struggles and flattered you in the belief of my being impelled by unqualified unallowed inclination by reason by reflection by everything but disguise of every sort is my abhorrence nor am i ashamed of the feelings i related they are natural and just could you expect me to rejoice in the inferiority of your connections to congratulate myself on the hope of relations whose condition in life is so decidedly beneath my own so he's yeah they're he going. took it there he <laughs> took like, okay well let me not say he they took yeah. it there. They, they know they how there. to like get each other. Like, oh my god! But it's like they have reason, each yeah. of them, to be upset. Like Lizzie has every reason to be upset with Darcy because he's just talking shit. He's just talking shit. Yeah, right. But she, like, his stuff is stupid because of society. But that's just the way society is. Let's just l- let's just face the fact here. That's how society is at that time. Yeah. But she is getting so much misinformation, wrong information, what, however you want to deem it. It is not factual. She's getting manipulated. She is. And look what it's doing to her relationship with someone that she, well, granted, let's also face the fact that he did not really present himself very well. Yeah. Since day one. he made it easy for her to believe what was being told he did he did and that's on him and i think he's quicker to realize this situation than she does Mm. yeah but what else do we want to talk about this chapter like lizzie does say you could not have made me an offer of your hands in any possible way that you could have tempted me to accept it from the very beginning from the first moment i may almost say of my acquaintance with you your manners impressing me with the fullest belief of your arrogance your conceit your selfish disdain of the feelings of others were such as to form the groundwork of disappropriation on which succeeding events have built so immovable a dislike and i had not known you a month before i felt that you were the last man in the world whom i could ever have prevailed on to marry you have said quite enough madame I perfectly comprehend your feelings and have now only to be ashamed of what my own have been. Forgive me for having taken up so much of your time and accept my best wishes for your health and happiness. And I'm saying it very lightly, but I'm sure he was just like, I want to kill you, woman. (laughs) They both kind of mic dropped it there. They did. They really, really did. Oh, my goodness gracious. As we eventually know, like, this gets the wheels turning in his head. Like, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. And he Mm -hmm. makes such a a major first move. He really does. Which we're going to talk about next week. (laughs) I can't wait. It's just so good. Like, it's just so good. People, like, if you are listening to this and you're just like, why am I wasting my time? Don't, don't like pick up the book and read it or even just 
watch one of the movies and yeah or I prefer the miniseries it's just it's just really so good like I if you're not into period pieces don't think of it as a period piece think of it as just a simple romance yeah people it's a misjudging love story each other yeah do you have any last thoughts i can't I wait do for not next week exactly I am super excited thank you everybody tell us your thoughts on this conversation we just had buy us buy coffee us a coffee so i can sober up buy us a coffee but come say hi on instagram like and follow us check out our different episodes on all the different platforms give us a like and then and check out our instagram page because we still have no conversation going on about villains in jane austen Yeah, we have some different questions on our Instagram, like who's your favorite or who's the most villainous villain in uh, Jane Austen books. And then also, A new what was one. the other one we have? Lydia. Oh, Is she naive or not naive? yeah, I say she's naive and Gracie says she's not naive. So what are everybody's thoughts? And in the meantime, thanks for listening to Gabbing. Gabbing! See you next week. Ciao. We're Gavin. We're Gavin. We're Gavin. We're Gavin. We're Gavin. We're Gavin.